This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. In 1895, Italian inventor Guglielmo Marconi sent and received his first radio signal. It was the beginning of a revolution in communication and entertainment. Little did he know that more than a century later, his work would be fully corrupted by two idiots who got a hold of a microphone. On a related note, this is Funny People Talking. I'm Robert DeMauro, a lifestyle commentator, and I'd rather be doomed not speaking any other language other than English than listening to funny people talking. Well, hello, everybody. <laughs> I love doing I love surprise. You never know what's going to come out of my mouth when we start Oh, oh no! Hey, everybody, you uh, guys can't see, welcome. but my my hand is my palm is on my forehead. It is. Hey, everybody, welcome to Funny People Talking. I'm Mark Rico, and uh, directly to my right is my very good friend and our wonderful co-host Danielle Beckman. Hello, Danielle. Hello, hi everyone. Hey, hey. Palm, forehead, palm, forehead. Oh, I love that emoji. No, I know, right? And you it's just make me one. do it so it's much, than Mark. The, it's better than the poop emoji. No, the poop, poop emoji it's not even a poop. is cute. It's not actually a poop emoji. Do you know that? What is it? What is it that? like a um, a chocolate frozen yogurt smiling? Yeah, that's probably really what it is. Someone said, you know, what we need we need a cho- a chocolate frozen yogurt smiling. Wait, but Mark, what is it? Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember. I'll look it up. I'll okay. tell you sometime during the show. I'll do my research. Do Although your our producer could be doing that. But... Oh, Elsie, could you tell us? Oh, yeah. sorry, Elsie's Thank here. You. Should we tell everyone? Yeah. Hey, hey. By the way, Elsie's. Uh, over there doing research about the poop emoji. Elsie, our producer. Hi, Elsie. Hi. How you doing? I'm looking up poop emoji stuff. Okay. So She's talk. a little bit tied up at the moment. She is. She, she can only do one thing at a time. So, uh, Not true. Uh, that's true. Most of the time she can't do one thing. Oh, oh no. Mark, are you going to get about that. fired oh. today? Because... I might get fired. I do <laughs> by Elsie. Not Elsie. For the record, I don't agree with what he just said. Oh no! Come on, she's you know I'm kidding around. Elsie's awesome. Well, um, we're Elsie's about to find very, out. She's some... particularly purpley today. By the way, she's got purple socks on, purple shirt, purple phone, purple glasses. What did you find out about this shit? <laughs> get bum, bum, it? Wow! Great. Now I got to give this this episode an a uh, an E an E. You could beat me out. I could beat you out. But it would ruin the joke. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna tell you. Oh, see, we just padded so that she could yeah. give us the answer. We're so All right, good. So. The poop emoji has quite a history. It was originally a swirly brown pile of poo surrounded by buzzing flies. I knew that. But it's now the friendly smiling face that we all know today. The poop emoji is one of the most popular emojis. And it wasn't always so welcome. But I thought it wasn't even a poop emoji at all. It was introduced as part of the Unicode 6.0 in 2010, and it was a literal pile of poo okay. with flies buzzing. Huh. Um, All right. I stand but corrected. Gmail held the strongest path of resistance against it because oh. they found it was vulgar. Well, they should know that like companies like Barbie are having dogs that poop. Bar- the program... Poop emoji. This is a great way to start an episode. I'm, 
Are you riveted? <laughs> yes. We, we haven't even introduced our guest yet, who's enjoying all of this conversation. But but first, more from Elsie. The emoji was created to be much more innocent. Originally, it was supposed to be known as the chocolate soft serve swirl. I was right. But then it was interpreted in Dazed Magazine, BuzzFeed, and Huffington Post, who came up with the list of ways it could be used, citing poop. All right. And so there you go. So thanking us from the bottom of his heart for uh, having to be on this particular episode. <laughs> Do you want is, to hear? I have some more things to say. No, I think we should move on. No, one more thing. It must so, be important. It must be It better important. be important. If you do the poop emoji with an umbrella, that's a storm. If you do a muscle with a poop emoji, it's tough shit. If you do a cow emoji with a with a poop emoji, it's bull And then if you do the the red circle with the red line thing, it and and a little um guy plus the poop, it's no shit, Sherlock. Oh, That's I know awesome. this is audio, but I do know how to say or communicate poop in sign language. Oh yeah, <laughs> I do too. Speaking of languages, Let's see. It's, yes. And, and you, then this is yeah. well, I don't know if I should say stuff on the air, but I'd rather that you um bleeped on my sh words. I'll bleep what I want to bleep. Oh, he's going to bleep what he wants mm. to bleep. I might bleep your request for bleeping. <gasps> How about that? that? I'm the producer, so this is not so very good. meta. All right. So I'd like to proceed with the episode with the profound apologies to our guest who clearly did not know what he was in for when he agreed to be on the show. Uh, um, we have a very fine and classy gentleman on the show classy, right now. I think you're God. I do. Oh, I think you're classy. I'm just making up for the poop emoji, Robert. We we have a gentleman by the name of Robert Tomorrow. He is a lifestyle commentator, uh, which basically means that he is a trend forecaster. He talks about how, how trends have evolved and he observes lifestyle consumer behavior, consumer behavior in lifestyle industries. Um, but a lot so of what cool. he does does involve and integrate humor. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to get into that. But also Robert himself and his background and the people he knows and the places he's been uh, kind of interesting all by itself. So can't wait to, to talk to you more about who you are, Robert, and the journey that you've been on and so forth when we unpack that and, and, uh, and talk to you in depth. Uh, but first, but first, <laughs> I do have a question for you, Danielle. Mark, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> well, the sponges. Uh -huh. It's the question I have about the sponges. Yeah. You have a large glass bowl uh -huh. of multicolor sponges. Yeah. Red, green, yellow, or tan, or whatever yeah. color of sponges, and uh, and white sponges. Uh, just just a heaping bowl of sponges you brought into the studio. It's sitting next to your chair. Mm -hmm. uh, what what is what is it about the sponges? Have you been, have you ever been outside, Mark? I, I have been outside. Have you been in New York City? <laughs> yes, I have. It's what we call dirty. It is dirty. Enough it's a dirty said. City. I rest my case. It's the it's the city a that never cleans. A girl's gotta carry a sponge. <laughs> is that what they're for? Yeah. Oh. Anytime I sit down on the subway, oh, you just you do a little scrub. Yeah. With white vinegar, I hope. Or so white vinegar and baking soda. <laughs> Causes a chain reaction of little, bubbly delight. It's a little volcano cleaning out drains. I know it also. I clean out my metal water <laughs> yeah. bottles too, and I clean the seat on the subway. So, what do you do with the sponge when it's dirty? 
usually someone around who's in awe, who's weirded out. And uh, I start my little story and I say, you know what? This sponge is for you. And I yeah, give like it like a, a trophy. Gift. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I found a lot of them on the subway tracks. So, Don't know what that's about. <laughs> you know, it's weird. I saw this news story about this weird lady that keeps handing out dirty sponges. Oh, that, that was, was me, you. Mark. Oh, okay. Or my intern. <laughs> yeah. My intern, Thelma, she's 85. She <laughs> was the one who first suggested this and I made it. You have an 85 year old sponge intern? Yeah, I hope she wasn't. Was she on the news too? I, I don't. I thought she's she, I didn't know in a witness protection program, so I hope she doesn't get found out. Wow. Oh God, I've said too much. What, what did you, well, since you've spilled the beans, what what was she doing to put her in the witness protection program? It has at to do with the knitting needle. We won't go into it. Okay. Now, is she recently in the witness protection program, or has she, she been in for 12. a long time? She was, it's been a while. <laughs> Seventy three years in the witness protection program. Well, it seems to have worked. She's yeah. still alive. She's still alive, and she's scrubbing the places wow. of where derriers go on the subway. Wow, it's all about butts today. Wow. Her life is clearly better. I know, really? All right. Well, um, do so you... So thanks for noticing my sponges. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Uh, before we get into the show, a quick nerd tip. Do you have one? Yes. I quickly want to talk about this fun adult education school that's in Brooklyn. It's in Prospect Heights. Okay. And it's called the Brooklyn Brainery. Just the tip. Nerd tip. Have you guys heard of this? I it's know. right near my old high school, though. My high school's in Oh, Park hey, now. Yeah, See it's that? near Grand Army Plaza. That's right. Okay, so. <laughs> tie-in, tie-in, tie-in. Tie-in. No, that's awesome. So, because I don't live far from this place. So, the way they describe themselves, it says, we, co- we host casual classes for curious adults about all sorts of things, from physics to Australian desserts, from HTML coding, and just about every nook and cranny in between. So. There's an actual class on Australian desserts? How? cool is that so like if you're dating a nerd from australia you should go also if you want to learn like html or shorthand you can go so it's like this really neat school fusion situation for adults and i think many a nerd could go and enjoy that's a pretty interesting idea for a date i never really thought about is going you know going to a class yeah i mean i've heard doing like cooking class but never thought about like a physics class I know. I know, right? So basically you say, let's go to a physics class. If she lasts through it, I know she's the one for me. Exactly. Right? If you could make physics interesting. Boom. It's like baking soda and vinegar. They go, they they explode. That's the point. So anyway, they they also offer free events so that you can expand your knowledge on a budget. I just think that's really cool. I'm. You know what else would be really cool? What? Tell me to start the show. Mark. Yeah. Start the show. From the Mouth Media Network Studios in New York City, and from the same people who brought you Monkey Radio with Mark, this is Funny People Talking with Mark Rako, Danielle Beckman, and Elsie. All right, everybody, we're here with funny people talking, and we are blessed. Yes, blessed. I use the word blessed to have our guest. We're blessed for our guest. Robert DeMauro, lifestyle commentator. Uh, We will hear more from him later, but he's here with us now. Glad to have you here, Robert. Thank you very much, sir. Back at you. Known Robert for a while. Been eager to share his story on this show. 
And uh, but before mm-hmm. we do, I do have to tell you kind of something that I think is a little funny. So as we mentioned on a previous show, uh, and I don't I don't know if you know this or not, Robert, but I, I got married about uh Tantia oh, Gordy, oh my and a half ago. Wait, so. I saw the thing on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah my God, a half ago. Oh my God. Yeah, so thank you. But um, but congrats, uh, bravo! I was on you, you didn't tell me this now like, on the air. Isn't that so cool? Oh my God, Marquino! Thank you, my oh, friend. Booty. Thank you, sir. So, wow. so the way it works is you do your you got to go get your marriage license first, and then. At the at the wedding, of course, then uh, your officiant has to sign it, and there's witnesses sign it, and then you have to bring it back to the city clerk. Uh, you, you usually have to mail it back to them, but I didn't really trust that I wanted to bring it myself. And, yeah, good call. And then they approve it and fill it out and generate an actual marriage license or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. marriage certificate, I guess it is. Yeah. Okay, so it's been about a week and a half since we got married. Seems like pretty timely to me to turn the thing in. So last night I go, okay, I think I have some time today, tomorrow, last night, tomorrow, uh, and I'm going to go bring it down to the city clerk's office. I don't want to mail it. It's too risky. It's too hard to get the signatures on it and everything. Like, Even if I got a new one, we'd have to go get it. I mean, seriously, when my then fiance and I went down to the city clerk's office to get the original license or application, whatever, I think we were there like five hours oh waiting in line. Oh, my God, worse than the DMV? It was – oh, way worse. Ew. Way worse just to get this this thing. And I want to point out it pre-registered for this thing. Ooh. So we would already filled out all the paperwork ahead of time. This is just how long it took to get seen. Did you take a number? Yeah. Oh, God. So had to. So, okay. Anyway, last night I go – I'm going to go back. So and I look on the kitchen table and I can't find it anywhere. <gasps> I Uh-oh. can't oh, find no. it. Oh, anywhere so i'm looking and i said to my now wife heather i'm like uh heather i'm having a little trouble here we ended up tearing the apartment apart we looked in the recycling bags we looked in clothing we looked on piles i went through the pile on the kitchen table like literally five times yeah and then all of a sudden look i remember and i said well at least we have a scan of it because i scanned Wait, could it be on the scanner? Hey, Heather, go look at oh, the scanner. And then, and oh. then, and then from mm. the other room, I hear, I found it. Mm. And I'm like, oh my God, my blood pressure must have been so high. I was so worried about it was, this. Was it on the Not scanner? Not to mention the fact that I hate to, to disappoint her, you know? Um, it was on the scanner. So I, I had the envelope on the table and it was sitting in the scanner because I never pulled it out of the scanner. So, whew. okay. So wow. then I start looking at it and I go, oh, this is kind of interesting. Apparently, you're required to return this within five days of the ceremony. Oh, Oh, funny. And if you don't. Oh, my God. It is actually a crime. (gasps) I was shocked by this. Absolutely shocked. It actually, I believe it said something along the lines of... Um, hold on a second. But how do people do that if they go on their honeymoon and stuff, right? I yeah. Mean, I, I'm a little, I, that seems a little you, you have to make mm. sure that somebody mails it. I've never heard this Everyone's before. Everyone's posting these years. mail, I guess. I, but, but even still, <laughs> no. I've not heard this I know, before. I've never heard I it. I know, I was completely. And you think people are so preoccupied after the wedding, the honeymoon, et cetera. Absolutely. Some people go away for long periods of time. Yeah, I know. I've never heard this before. 
I know. Even like destination weddings also, for that matter. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, or, now is it And me knowing days... the bridal business, I know this stuff. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh, absolutely. How You're wild. in the thick. Was... Hey, well, now you have a tip to those brides. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, so this was technically five business days later. This would be the sixth the business day. So I was going to go with that story. So is it you know, five days before and five days after? Or no, just it's, you after? have to get married within 30 days, I believe, of the time of the license. Okay. And then in order for it to be valid, I believe it's 30 days. And then you have to have it to them within five days. All right. So um, I, you know, I can't say I was like worried about getting like arrested or something, but I really was worried they were going to say, I'm sorry, this is invalid. Wow. You have to. I was I was envisioning coming down back down to the to the getting married by justice of peace again just to make it a, official official. Yep. I really was thinking like we're gonna have to do this. And I'm like, oh my god, we have to wait six more hours. And I and I was I just couldn't believe how like incredibly careless we were with this entire process. Now it turns out that wasn't the case at all. Cause I went I still waited like three hours. Okay. But went right up, got it done. I felt like I felt like I had fooled the whole system when I walked away with that marriage license. So you said that? Did you say the five business days? Line? Nope. Stayed mom. They probably weren't even aware. I'll no. bet the people that work there are not even aware of that little detail. Yeah, I. Well, it's like a, <laughs> that wouldn't surprise like, me at all. It's like a speeding limit, uh, speed limit. Mm. So let's say the speed limit's sixty-five. So from a technical standpoint, at sixty-six, you violated the law. Mm. But from a practical standpoint, no one's going to actually notice unless you're going eighty. Kind of well, thing. Or most the of the time, detects. unless they're looking for Woof. it, you know. So, yeah. so, so, so thank God you're still married. So yeah, so <laughs> so not so, with. I time. thank you. So grazie dio. So I'm guessing if someone at the city clerk's office was trying to make their quota, I might have gotten caught. Mm. Right there, you go. There's that <laughs> speeding ticket. So anyway, it was the craziest thing when we looked at that last night. We're like, oh my god, it says that. It wow. says. That it's actually like, I don't know, a misdemeanor or something like that if you don't turn it in. It didn't say like if you commit fraud or something like that. It was – I was like, wow. That is insane. Anyway. So we're official. At oh, least you'd be My in jail. blood pressure just went down now. This I is know. good. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I, I can, I'd like <laughs> – Robert, you'd be in jail with someone you love though. You know? Do you think that's good? <laughs> <laughs> but they might separate glasses. the two of you. What? Hello? <laughs> they might purposely separate the two of you. Talk about uh, a ba- another bad scenario. Oh Hello? My God. <laughs> right? There's know. a bad scenario. True. Exactly. So uh, anything going on in your world that we should know about, Danielle, as it puts you on the spot? Actually, something that I've been thinking a lot about is um, this new concept. Hello, I just like threw New York under the bus with talking about how dirty it was. However, I also love this city. And there's something new and forecaster of trends. I would like to know if you know about this. (laughs) Community and communal living is becoming a really popular thing in New York. And there's specifically... More sharing existence. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh Well, there you go. Exactly. Unpack this a little bit for those. Yeah. So I met the CEO of this company called Node Living and it started in Dublin, actually. Mm -hmm. And now there's one in Los Angeles here in New York. They want to have one in Seattle. And essentially, it's in Intentional, it's all furnished apartments and it's intentional community. So you move into this building, mm-hmm. you have an app, 
And you can communicate with your neighbors. You get paired up with a roommate or not. It depends if you choose like a, you know, a one bedroom, a studio or whatever. Rob, Robert, you're not reacting favorably to this. To me, it's a continuation of dorm life. You know what? Mommy, please. You are, I was Hello? very skeptical. Sorry. And I, after the show, I will have to show you some of the beautiful photos of these oh, apartments. I'm sure. I'm sure and, they've got wonderful shots. And, and you know images, what it's for? So. You know what it's for, and I and I see it resonating. And this is why I'm glad I'm bringing it up because I want to know your guys' thoughts. It's it's for people. I'm thinking like millennials or even younger people who are like either expats in different countries, maybe maybe working. Say you know you're a single guy, you're 24, you just got a job with a big company, you're moving to you know, the UK and you have no place to live and you don't know anyone. Well, one, that's kind of what it's but for. But I think one practical, if I can jump in here, I think one practical yeah. application that would make sense and me being the boomer and exploring options of, with the aging population, as opposed to assisted living, this idea of group homes, mm -hmm. if you will, group scenarios for older citizens, Yeah, um, mm -hmm. where that, kind of a scenario, that kind of a construct would actually be rather beneficial. Um, so in that sense, so it's like elderly dorm life, which well, in a way would, you know, be very beneficial. You I need it when you're 20, you need it when you're, when you're 80. 80. This seems like yeah. a very so. natural trend to evolve to me because two things. One is if you look at the number of things that the nostalgia wave that we're heading down, this all has to do with getting back in touch with you, reliving your youth, the same sitcoms, the same stories, the same movies from your youth. Mm. In some cases, the same yeah, clothing from your youth. And then, and so living in a communal situation reminds you of being younger. You mix that with our social networks and the fact that through Facebook and Instagram and so right, forth. Right, and this we, apartment we comes like, with an app. We like being connected to people. It's hard to imagine being alone. Well, but you're, the, the thing that you're touching on I think is crucial. Now, this is lifestyle. Okay, here's a lifestyle discussion. Here we go. Because what I just went through with I, – I think, Mark, you know that right after I emceed the event for you guys back in February, oh, right. mm -hmm. I fractured my wrist during Fashion Week. Yeah. What mm -hmm. that really meant was, although one could argue, you may have just been carving out a new fashion. Uh, no, although it, the gray grace did match a lot of my clothing, but <laughs> the thing that it really did touch on, very yeah. importantly, was that there I was, um, independent contractor, living alone, and oh my God, what will I do? How will I do X, Y, and Z? And it really did talk about reality checking, learning experience. So this idea of what you're describing mm -hmm. uh, and what I've learned these couple of months from February, talk about eye-opener. Wow. So you describing that, which look, we, again, the whole sharing economy thing, touching on different aspects of our lives, whether it's car, whether it's home, whether it's yeah. office space, well, living space in a way I'm saying somewhat comically extended dorm life, but really the idea perhaps of assisted living for elderly, mm -hmm. mm, there's something quite sensible about that. Yeah. Yes. Why not? So look, I know what I just went through myself. Yeah, you know, uh, absolutely. You know, here I am in my mid sixties. I'm thinking, oh my, I'm already old. What will I do when I get older? Mm, you know, wow. so yeah, yeah. Well, look, you know, you you you. If you grow a family, you're just expanding the number of people that are in your mini community. <laughs> no, seriously. And a lot of times, why people will live in an apartment is because it's cheaper 
than an investment than buying a house if they're renting. I mean. And but also let's remember, I come from a generation where the contact with the extended family was very typical, especially yes. being a Mediterranean. So it's like it's, manufacturing an extended family. In a way, this is another version mm -hmm. of an extended family or at mm -hmm. least an extended, an extended network. Mm -hmm. One you can leave if you get boring. Exactly, because the thing about specifically Node is that if you want to, say, move into a studio or a one-bedroom, you can literally just walk in and out of your apartment, not talk to anyone, yeah. not see anyone. Fine. Interesting. But it's like they give you the option. It's already furnished if mm -hmm. you're coming to a place. And so it's it's sort of this new new way of thinking, right? And of course the apartments are a little bit pricier, but they also come with smeg fridges. Those things are oh, so those, gorgeous. And Smeg did these right? great collaborations with Donce Gabbana. Really? All this whole S Sicilian. Oh, oh yeah. Because they show all the time at the Architectural Digest show, which I'm very intimately involved with. Yeah. And Smeg uh, product. I mean, their appliances are just the most wonderful. And, and again, as I say, they do all these great Sicilian prints from Dolce Gabbana. As well as other Gorgeous. interesting colors, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So of that... course, of course, it's furnished with smeg. I know, right? I mean, okay, it, they, Am the I Italians you? are okay. involved. That's right. Because uh, it is a European company. There yeah, you go. Hello. Yes. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up as a food for thought, and I loved what that conversation brought. This segment brought to you by Node. By Snake. You know, I wonder Not if, really. Let me actually, you might know this. I wonder if, are they affiliated with, all of a sudden, getting that, um, what's that hotel group? Pod. I wonder oh, if, I know. Mm -hmm. I know about the, the Pod Hotel. There's one on 42nd they and just, 9th. Around the corner from me. Uh, it does okay. seem like. I used to work at the West Bank Cafe, by the way. Oh, baby. I remember when that face. I Okay. <laughs> Can we talk about Lori Beachman? Oh, well, yeah. I, well, Did you know Lori? Well, I don't know if you know who my former companion is. We'll save that. Oh, for we got to talk. Oh, yeah. Okay, because I used to work downstairs and bartend at the West Bank for uh, five years, a long time ago. I'll, Ladies and gentlemen, we'll we are witnessing later. the birth of besties <laughs> right now. <laughs> Having met my granddaughter. <laughs> oh, get oh, out of get here. Out of anyway, town. So, anyway, well, that's, that's very interesting. I know, but no, they're not affiliated. Yeah. So, Danielle, are you and Timothy thinking about this mode of. Or node. This of mode living. or node? No, we're not. Because you know why? So Timothy's my boyfriend. Got it. And, Figure that out. Uh, there you go. And uh, the 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 issue is that none of the apartments come furnished with a full workbench or three D printer station. That's true. You so do require. So it's not going to work for him. You, and yeah. I need a space for my pug. So you know these thing these are things that we have to create on our oh, really? own. They don't allow animals. That's... No, I think they do. I I'm just saying my point... pug needs its own nook. Can you, know you imagine I mean? a point in time in which <laughs> imagine a point in time which I think is is very possible in which your apartment will come furnished with a 3D printing station. I know. I think that's really something that eventually can happen. And a pug. I don't see why not. Or if worst case scenario, print yourself a pug. Well, yes. I'm sure the Japanese have done that already. I, yeah. oh, that I know. Believe. I have a printed pug, but it's like this big and it's plastic. So. You print a plastic pug. Print a plastic pug and put it in your the pocket. pocket. <laughs> okay. I did. I put it in my pocket. I liked Perry Como, but anyway. Oh, bless Perry. you. We listen to Perry Como's Christmas album every year. That oh. was our main Christmas and album. And those sweaters that he wore. Well, actually, Andy Williams wore the sweaters, That's but right. actually, Perry Como wore the cardigans. I, I liked how the Perry Como Christmas albums always had the little playlets in them in between songs. 
as if as if you were somehow witnessing someone's Christmas get together that they occasionally bro- broke out into song, and then that's cute. Joked with each other in between, and it was all highly orchestrated. Also, and- his shows were so well produced, as well as his recordings were very well produced. For those millennials, Perry Como is a singer that was very popular in the 40s and 50s. Who had an amazing voice, (laughs) quite seriously, he did. Um, Anyway, uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, it's going to be time for an improv game. Oh, And then uh, after that, we'll get to know Robert a little bit more, (laughs) right after this. Connect with the show at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. And please, for the love of all that is holy, subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. Funny people talking. Robert DeMauro in the house. He's a lifestyle commentator and a very, very nice paisan. So, I've <laughs> um, uh, tell you a funny, uh, funny story, by the way, that I think you'll appreciate. So, uh, my my brother uh, was a landscaper, and uh, and I used to work with him. And he went. I'm not going to say the person's name, but he had an opportunity to meet with a guy who ran shopping centers and stuff. Right. And uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 doing the thing. You're doing the nose. I'm doing, the, doing nose, the nose thing. You know the, well, the crooked nose that's, thing. Yeah, we called, know who that's, that is. That's called non confidence. Non confidence. Non confidence. So that's what that's called. and it's funny because my my grandfather, by the way, who was downright plain old Italian, you know, and he he go he go like. Uh, Telling you, there's no mafia in America, no mafia in America. I think I think he believed only that the and, and I'm not disagreeing with that the mafia was only in, actually in Italy. You don't have mafia yeah. in America's organized crime and blah 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 blah. Anyway, so crooked nose. So my my brother goes and he meets with this guy. He doesn't doesn't know anything about that. And and he meets with the guy and he goes because my last name's Rico. He goes, Rico, huh? What are you from? What are you Italian? <laughs> My brother goes, yeah. He says, where are you from? He goes, what do you mean? He goes, where in Italy are you from? He goes, oh, uh, Caltanissette, which is a little province in, 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 in uh, Sicily. And he goes, you're from Caltanissette? I'm from Caltanissette. You got the job. <laughs> and, uh, That's amazing. And, and he got all this huge work. Now, years later, uh, maybe like a couple of years later after that, my brother was offered the opportunity to go all the way out to Las Vegas to work on a hotel property, which I believe may have been owned by uh, who, who's who's the fame uh, Merv Wynn? Griffin. Oh, oh, sorry, Merv, who Merv Griffin? Merv yeah. Griffin, who was, oh, the MGM. Had, had ties to the to the mob, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, and think about this: you're going to take a little landscaper from rochester new york and bring him out to las vegas to work on some hotel property because there's no landscapers in the anywhere in the las vegas vicinity but somehow you're gonna there was clearly more to this gig involved it's called keeping it in the family exactly so my my brother very smartly uh decided to um to to beg off of that one oh uh, man 
But anyway. Oh, he should have gone for the story. I just love that. I just love it. Yo, from Count Ah, from Count you got the job. Tiny little town. That's right. Well, uh, I live in Carroll Gardens. So. <laughs> oh. I feel safe. I am Italian. So let's play. <laughs> Are you up for an improv game? Yes. Come on. All right. Yes, and see, he said yes. He's but... ready. All I'm right. Ready. So I thought a really one that might fit you well, Robert. The game is called What If. Okay. And the idea is that you're giving a movie or a television pitch. Mm. And the person that you're giving the pitch with, or two, I should say, mm-hmm. always thinks it's a good idea, but they always want to add their two cents into the pitch just to make it a little bit better. And so you know how when you're talking to someone, they go, that's a really great idea. And I love all of it. The only part of it I would change is this. So what if we did this instead? It starts very quickly becoming something completely different. Mm -hmm. But they're accepting it enough. You don't want to completely ignore their interest and their buy-in. So then then you try to adjust their idea to fit closer to it. And all of a sudden, by the end of the conversation, it's a completely different yeah. pitch that maybe it's you're like not even loving. Okay. So that's 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 what what if is. So the idea is to accept what that – it's a great exercise in accepting the offer of somebody else and going with what they gave you and then making it yours. We're going to demonstrate, but uh, and then we'll invite you to play along. Okay. But I think you'll get it very quickly uh, how it goes. So uh, how about, so. Danielle, you and I lead off. Okay. Uh, so what we love – from you, Elsie, is um, a how about a type of vocation, a type of employment? A car hop. A car hop. Okay. A car, wait, hold on. Is a that the hop. person who uh, serves you food in your car at the drive-in? Yeah. Correct. Okay. Oh, thank God. Wow, that was just right on the tip of her tongue. Right? I mean, I didn't know. I mean, that like was Sonic on the tip of her tongue. That, it is. Uh, it's also one of those cars you have the springs in, you make jump up and down. No, it's not a car hop. Okay. That's a like uh, in the beginning of the Flintstones yes. when the woman brings out oh, the Oh, yeah, and then the yeah. car tips over. Okay. Exactly. So, okay. So, um, why don't yeah. you lead off with your, your pitch, Danielle? Okay, well, so, Mark, listen. Mm-hmm. I got this idea. Oh, great. Um, I always love your ideas. Fred, thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's about this guy. Yeah. His name is Fred Flintstone. He goes to the drive-in. Uh-huh. He's watching a slasher movie. Okay. And he himself gets slashed. Wow. And then Mr. Flintstone, it's it's a whole, it's like a, it's an ironic sort of play on the cartoon. What do you, right. what, Yeah. Okay. I think it's good. I think I'm ready to pitch it to the big guys. I'd like to point out that you've not incorporated the suggestion at all. Oh, wait, what was it? Bell, a car up. Yeah, but hold on. Here's the thing about improv is that, sorry, in all the improv that I actually did is you go A to C. So you don't necessarily put yeah that, that yeah just it's it's meant to be you. juicing you is okay. that okay yeah. do you want to start over because no, we it's can fine. no but now I don't remember I just didn't want Elsie to be said. upset at you no 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 I just I literally though I remember like getting people I went to an improv show and someone gave the suggestion of like Bumblebee and their whole scene was like about Batuna. a red Corvette or oh. something. No, like they they took. Do you know what I, I mean? Know. As an audience member, I feel cheated, but I no, but that's like that. every UCB show. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know. No, I get no it. I'm just saying. I so see I you went. Playing at a I went level. very far. So can we start over? It, it's. I'm just picking on you. I know, but can we start over? Sure. No, I like same I like suggestion, you or you want a new no suggestion? difference. That's why I want a new suggestion. Okay. Sorry, Elsie. Okay. Would you give a new suggestion? Uh, okay. Still a vocation. 
Sure. Okay. Um, chimney sweep. There you go. She's going. She's going middle of the road here on her on her vocations. Okay. I'm I'm waiting for a jellyfish polisher to come in there or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would hurt. Um, okay, so Mark, I I have this idea, and I think Great. I think we should pitch it to ABC. Okay, okay done. So I think what I'm about to say is going to be fully polished, perfect. We're not going to need to add anything. Revolutionary, even. Thank you. So, it is it is about this lonely five year old girl. Yeah. Who has been left all the money in the world, but she doesn't want to spend a dime. Okay. All she wants to do is clean chimneys. Her name. Is Matilda? What do you think? I'm ready. I think we're ready. I, think, I mean, it's I think, heartbreaking. It includes the youth. Ju- we can figure out the you know the the conflict along the way. Are you done selling? Are you uh, done selling? Yeah, I'm done. Because but I you think don't even sell anymore. I love the idea. Yes, thank okay. you. But just just one tiny tiny little adjustment. I just yeah. like to suggest because the whole thing's really brilliant. Okay. But I was wondering if instead of her being five years old, just take a teensy weensy little bit of let's make her 85 because we can turn it into a whole oh, right there it was <laughs> sorry small, in my face small stroke or what uh, uh-huh. we can make this a seniors program okay. like an educational thing things you never did when when you were working and a chance to try other vocations like chimney sweep okay so that, that's just the, the small adjustment i'd like to make and and what i'd like to do is Instead of it being that she has no money, mm-hmm. um, actually turn no, her into. No, a, I said she was a millionaire. She's a millionaire. Yeah. I, I want to make it so she's no money. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so, so this is actually uh, she's run out of money at the at the long term care facility, and now what she's doing she's trying other vocations out through the program to find out ways she can earn money and 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 take care of herself. What do you think? And what if? Yeah. Okay, I love this. Okay. And what if? And and this is this taking place in like Springfield, Missouri, or something? Right. Okay. Springfield, Missouri, Cleveland, Ohio, anything like that. What if it? What if she makes her way to the top, and by the time she's eighty-six, she becomes the richest chimney sweep in Springfield, Missouri? I like how it's going. Her name still is Matilda. I love it. I love it totally. But but just one. What if? Uh In addition to all of what you said, the 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 chimney sweep, the the making her way to the top. She's eighty-six. She's you know poor, all that stuff. But what if right before she makes it to the top, yeah, her bowling scholarship comes through? Oh my God, the one you saw in the treatment she was waiting for. Yes, just I, all her life she's been waiting for this opportunity to be a professional bowler. She put in a last ditch application; it could never come true. Every other one she's ever put in has failed, and suddenly this one comes through, and she has, you know, a a. Um, uh, Sophie's Choice kind of moment okay. between chimney sweeping and bowling. And, and the irony is uh-huh. her arthritic condition will threaten her ability to get through a game. But what if okay. you said the Sophie's Choice thing, Meryl Streep comes in as the top surgeon in Springfield, Missouri. <sighs> Arthritis solved. Bowling, chimney sweeping. Go Matilda. One more wrinkle. Oh my god! And I think we've. Got I it. thought I was ready to go to ABC. No, we're so close. Ago. But this could actually move it over to NBC. Oh, with this, oh, ouch! Possibly the Sci-Fi Channel. Right at the moment of surgery, so she's in surgery. Meryl Streep's doing the surgery. This is going to give her the ability to do either chimney sweeping or bowling, and take it all the way, maybe to the Olympics, the chimney sweep Olympics, or the bowling Olympics, either Olympics, just as long as there's Olympics. Yeah. Meryl Streep gets in there, makes the first incision. And discovers 
the woman is an android. Uh, it's perfection. Perfection. I can okay, see the let's poster. Go. Let's do it. Yes. Let's go. I'm going to call Lauren Michaels. Sold. Is that the right network? I don't know. Done. <laughs> so that's what it. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I know. I'm exhausted too. That went a little long. It did a little long. So it doesn't have to be that many layers. Uh, so that's so what's my what role? So, so, so if you'd like to play along, the idea is just take whatever you've been given. Mm hmm. And make it yours. Make mm. it, pick a part of it and, and see what how you could make the, it better. And what is the helpful phrase, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, Elsie, do you want to try playing with Robert? I want to pick the thing again. Oh, well, all right. I'll play. I'll play. Oh. No, Danielle, you're very good at I this. Like do you mind playing with Robert? She likes picking the thing. I'll play. Okay. So, uh. We're just going to pick. So who's pitching who? Well, let's see <laughs> what our, what our thing is. Yeah. So, We're um, both kind of pitching going, try well, what if this? Try a location. A location. Um, Today. Not a vocation. Stop. Um, I'm picking the place where the troglodytes live underground. You, you mean know? the cavern? You mean those the caverns? caverns? Yeah. Okay. Caverns. All right, let's do this. Okay, so, okay, uh, so we're pitching a, a thing about the, yes, the caverns. so how about... Yeah, tell me. What do you got okay. for me? So what came to mind with this interesting suggestion. Yeah. Um, and especially since... All these stories now where uh, actually people in the government are spotting potentially, they're not saying UFOs, but uh -huh. here we have these caverns, which have been formed over time. Right. And all the studies done on how those are formed over time. And the idea that maybe... There were aliens uh -huh. that actually constructed these over time. I love it. And, you know, thinking they were naturally occurring. Right, But in exactly. actuality, <laughs> they were formed eons ago yeah. by aliens who are now starting to actually show themselves. Oh that God. you now have pilots, like in Close Encounters, uh -huh. uh, saying these might actually be UFOs. So... Uh-huh. We now now we now have in reality. Okay, so are you, evidence. you're thinking this is a reality show? Uh, no, no, no. I'm thinking that this is a documentary. Ooh, a documentary. So yeah, it's an actually a documentary okay. on how these caverns were actually formed by aliens for sure. That is cool. Okay, see, I like everything you're saying. But what if we did like a documentary? narrative hybrid so some of it's real some of it's fake nobody knows what's really real and yoda from yes the franchise oh, wait, of star this wars is spooky because that is, was on last night meant oh, to be that you're bringing this up really see this Mom, is kismet hello. this is the movie we're producing okay so yoda comes and he is the leading alien because did you know that in Star Wars they never say what his species is? This is so true. he could have been the cave guy. Okay, oh what do you think? God. Do you have anything to add? Yes, in fact, let's let's yeah. name that species for that okay. matter. Oh Yodites. My God. Yodites. No, Yodites. No, 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 that's that's not good because that's his name. Well, I but, mean, yes. see, but we don't know the species. It could be anything. Mm, well, let's come up with a phrase that yeah, would make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, would be come. a good time. No, but also, what if he has like a. Uh, the the humans find him right, and we we try to feed him something, and we find out that the Yodites, you know, whatever name we come up with, what if they're like all lactose intolerant? <laughs> well, no dairy, then we can't have any dairy in this. No animal. dairy on so set. So therefore, no cows. Yeah, yeah, no, no cows. cows on set. No cows. Every cow has to be 
Utterless. Utterless. Utterless cows. They're utterly gone. Mamma mia. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm thinking that's and the only the only everybody only speaks the way Yoda speaks, which I. That's Which sort of like, is, is this funny? I shouldn't say funny. That was very wrong to say. It was very inappropriate for me to say it that way. Um, the way he would do his phrases. Inverted. There you go. Okay. Inverted phrases. So, Everybody, so it would my be... God. Imagine that though. The entire, the entire script would be all It would be talking inverted. funny people. Funny. Like that. Funny people. But talking. Yeah. There you go. Talking. Right people funny Funnily, yes oh my gosh <laughs> in a funny manner okay so now all we need is a title <laughs> hmm. um the stalagmites and the yoda uh let's see maybe something with cavern in the phrase Ooh. a cavernish cavern- a cavernous life <laughs> cavern on the green cavernosity skin. i know that's crazy cavern, cavern, on, like the green. cavern, cavern on, the on the green, green. <gasps> cavern on Wait, the green cavern on the green yoda's green no you're spooking me out why because tavern on the green is where my high school prom was and yesterday was the anniversary Shut. of the prom 46 years ago i am being very serious. That it just came out. I just came up as a Facebook memory yesterday. Oh my god! Oh my god! And that's where I first discovered Belvedere vodka with my mom yes. fifteen years ago. Is that Italian? No. Yes. There's a what and if. It's going to be sponsored by Belvedere. Belvedere vodka. Done. There it is. We're sold. Also, <laughs> Echo we're, con- we're connected, though, Robert. We're connected. Okay. Perfect was that. <laughs> Yay. You were waiting for that moment. I <laughs> was. I was like, end already. I have that, to say this. I no, just, that was just handed that to you. Perfecto. Mamma mia. Very good. See, see you have fun. That's, 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 that's whatever. Very good. Thank you. Um, God, I was getting you were like really good. I was getting. Well, we'll talk about my history later. Oh, you know that was good. Oh yeah, I got gotcha. you. Bless very, your heart. Very nicely done, sir. All right, we're gonna take a quick pause because we all need to. We all need to wipe down and. I know. And just, I know, have. I have stalagmites on my. Whatever. And then we'll be back to learn more about Robert. Oh, we're getting serious now. Yes, yeah, now well, I don't know. Serious. You don't have to get serious. We're just gonna. We're just gonna talk real stuff. Okay. <laughs> If you're listening, we're talking a lot. So, hope you don't have anywhere to be, because this is Funny People Talking. Okay, we didn't actually go anywhere, but I'm still going to say it. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Funny people talking, and we are here, of course, with Elsie, Danielle, myself, and our good friend Robert Demaro. Robert is a lifestyle commentator, and uh, I'd actually like to lead off with this. You, your, your title, what you told us, so I said, "What are you? How do you want to be introduced?" You mm. said, "Lifestyle commentator." Mm. If you didn't use the phrase "lifestyle commentator," Robert. What actually are you? Observer. An observer. Observer. And actually, uh, funny that we this whole idea of storytelling and narratives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think observer has always come to my – because even in my trend forecasting days, which I never really liked that phrase because I thought it was actually – I personally found that rather pretentious and like guru-like, which I uh, – um, my sociology background yeah. really was the observer role really 
observing, taking temperature, and then communicating my observations. Okay. So really, in a sense, that's in a nutshell how I've always seen my role. What has gone on then, though, in more recent history yeah. is me doing that more in the public eye. So public speaking and then me being the media person, which, Mark, that's how you and I really got to know mm -hmm. each other when we first met. Uh, really, that's why I'm in media. Um, I'm an information person. When people say, oh, Robert's in the design business, or Robert's in the fashion business, or Robert was, the, I was a model back in the day, but I'm in the information business. And I think it's important to clarify that. When people say, oh, Robert's in the design, no, information. It's about information and conveying the stories. So since you've always been a storyteller, mm. uh, an observer, and mm. then a deliverer of the story that you've observed, mm. yes? Mm -hmm. Even as a model. Well, to that point, and it's funny because your business partner, God bless him, um, when Rob came, Rob Sanchez came last week, I did a talk just across the street for that matter at mm -hmm. that mannequin company. Yeah. And the topic was, as I titled it, uh, the evolution and appreciation of shape mm -hmm. and inclusion in the industry. So I modeled back in the 70s, and I have observations about that stuff. Mind you, I was also obese as a younger person. Mm -hmm. So to go from somebody who was obese till like just four short years later, there I was friggin' modeling. Talk about like, whoa, wow. you know, like, uh, you know, like, like shocking to the, to the system. But so fast forward to now and observing lifestyle mm -hmm. and observing cultural important cultural shifts and how our societies are hopefully, how shall I say, not just taking notice, but doing something about that in the way mannequins look. In look, I mean, even when sure. I'm trend forecasting days, the ideal was the Northern European skinny waif. Well, excuse me, that's not my family. I have North African family as well. I mean, so let alone, you know, everybody in my orbit. Uh, I mean, where are the people of color? Where are the people of mixed? Hello, all that stuff. And yeah. it was missing in the industry. So to the point that you're touched on, the idea of even observations in the modeling world, in the mannequin oh, wow, world. Yeah. Again, cultural shifts. And so there just a week ago, I did that very talk on this topic. Mm -hmm. And even in fitness, Fitness comes in many different oh, shapes. Oh, I bet. Yep. Fitness comes in, and I, I say this at the gym all the time on this very idea. So, mm. I mean, I, I don't mean to go off, but to address what you're saying, yes, in terms of observing. Because mm. even when I was doing it in the 70s, the ideal, in a lot of ways for the man, was the, you know, the exotic, you know, that Mediterranean thing. But when Reagan came to power... Hello. Mm. There was a whole shift. The ideal was the all-American preppy from Pepperdine, Pepperdine University. Well, hello, that was not me, you know. And but that's what you started seeing in fashion in eighty eighty one. That's when Margaret Thatcher came to power. That's when Reagan came to power, and there was a whole shift in ideal. Mm -hmm. Wow. So we really got away from what was going on in the seventies, and you had, and you could see it. You could just look at magazines when you look at magazines in the early eighties. It was a whole different ball. That game. preppy fashion. That whole. The preppy wasp thing. Well, well, yeah, and that, when those, that book came out, etc. Um, and even just where cultural shifts were at that time. Um, but there were political connections. I mean, as I'm saying, wow. again, me, the mm -hmm. whole sociology thing. Yeah. And because even to touch on this as well, in the because when I did get into the design world um, in the late 80s, at the 
you all are too young to know this in the late eighties, the stock market crash for what the fashion industry tried to do was push the miniskirt on the female consumer. It bombed. It was Mm -hmm. on the front page of the New York times four days in a row. And I'm like, hello, fashion industry. Are you paying attention to this very important shit? Mind you, I'm a strong feminist. So I'm looking at how, Fortunately, women's priorities were changing. And the idea of this fashion industry was in a lot of ways structured on the woman as the puppet consumer. Mm. Hello, old construct that makes no sense anymore. You know, women's priorities fortunately had changed. And that product bombed in the marketplace. Wow. And that's when you all started having a lot of changes in retail. That's when you started having all the... All the changes with Campo, Federated, all the department stores, all the and buyers who once functioned as fashion people. Right. You then had buyers who were accountants who were number crunchers. Hmm. So I'm, hmm. I, I'm sorry. I know I'm good, but I think it kind of tells you of yeah. my observation so, stuff. So let, let's mm-hmm. let's talk about you, you kind of what I think in a way you've talked about is is where you've arrived in thinking. And what you've observed over time. But what are the different pieces to your journey that have allowed you to look at things that way? So is the modeling. What else have you done other than the modeling through the years that have allowed you to look at things through these lenses through and mature as an observer? I, you know, I, I – and bless you for bringing it up this way. I, I, I th- And in me thinking really big picture myself what you're asking – when I think about all the years I worked in a drug rehabilitation clinic in terms mm-hmm. of observing behavior um, it, back in the 70s and into the early 80s, um, my sociology studies at Hunter College, what that opened my eyes to, mm-hmm. uh, me being a political junkie mm-hmm. and what that observational skills it would give me. Um And also when I got into the trend forecasting business at the time, that was a thriving industry, but I was, this was in the mid 80s, mid to late 80s. But I was also seeing how, what that industry was actually about in a sort of a, sort of a didactic way, which I found kind of strange. The idea of people positioning themselves as gurus which again, I touched on that before, yeah. which I personally found rather preposterous. Sorry, I'm going to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than – now, you're asking like what steps perhaps well, got look, me Well, I'm, look, I'm, I'm saying – you know, you, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt. No, 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 please. I, you know, you taste, you, you taste a finished uh, culinary delight. Okay, I see what okay? you're saying. Okay, and yeah. – but if I all I if if I do lasagna and all I know is about the layers of noodles, mm-hmm. that may be the the first right. piece of structure. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of stuff in the middle that got to that point. So you mentioned some of it. You mm-hmm. mentioned about you know we're getting a little little peeks into what your journey has been. Mm-hmm. You know, working drug rehabilitation and uh, social. Well, also I'll say there's something you and I talked about when you and I first got to know each other. Very very fortunately, my theater background. Yes, because that really gave me communication skills and listening. And that's what I was going to guess you were going to say. Yeah, but listening. But that also taught me listening. 
That's great. And that taught me listening. Um, Mm -hmm. But also the, in the counseling center, the importance of listening to listening to the clients, the patients. Um, But I, I really do feel and I'm very fortunate with some of the people that I studied with in the theater, um, but the idea of listening. Um, but I, and then fast, I should say fast forward, but when, especially like the last 20 years. Um, By the way, I feel like I want to say, okay, then I was a submarine commander. Then I started to be an astronaut. <laughs> well, you know then what? I did this. And I, no, because thing. I, I think but, with you, anything is possible. Well, and I would well, believe no, you did no, it. But, well, bless you for even saying it that way. But I think also I come from a generation where, and I'm going to say it this way. Um, the boomer generation, we grew up thinking initially that people would have from college, a career, retirement, the gold watch, and that's it. And basta. Of course, of course. Well, but that reality sunk in. That was not the case. And I think especially after it was there, there was a crash with IBM, which I think was one of the things that fostered Casual Friday. Hello. Mm. Um you started having this idea that most people in my generation would have at least seven careers. I think what's happening now is people are having the seven, the seven careers simultaneously. And I think sure. that's a major shift because as I say, 20 or so years ago, this idea that my generation very typically would have seven careers in our lifetime. But now, as I'm saying, all those seven or more careers are happening at once. Hmm. Um, and I think also the idea that things are very integrated. So even my philanthropic life, which you know firsthand with mm-hmm. the high school of fashion industries, mm-hmm. where I created that program, the industry partnership program, how that ties in as well with all this stuff, exposure to students, what students are teaching me mm. um, with what they're going through. Um, but also to answer your question about you know, what other steps or pieces in the parts of the recipe, if you will. But you know what? Let me answer it this way. Goomba, I'm still learning. I'm still in a learning process. That's a big part of the I'm, essence of who you are, isn't it? That God you're on willing, a learning I mean, path. Because look, here I am. I'll be, I mean, I'll be 64 next week, though. You know, June oh, 8th. Hey. And, and oh, my birthday's June 20th. Ah, fellow Gemini. Yay, well, the almost, Gemini, you know, the I'm a Gemini. Okay. See, there we they're, go. Uh, We're here. They're, huh? Okay. There are 19 of us over here right now. Um, <laughs> but what, what I'll say to that is I, I think also I view it as – Look, look, even the way I described what I went through with the wrist, my fractured mm-hmm, wrist, mm-hmm. and what I've learned and continue to learn mm-hmm. with that experience, let alone some major issues I went through last year, you know, what is it teaching me? What am I learning? You know, you know, I, that's the best way to say it. What am I continually learning? God willing, mm-hmm. alhamdulillah, inshallah, as I say that. Um, so I think maybe that's the better way for me to answer perhaps. And I'd have to think about like what other steps, well, listen, I will say this too, coming across you guys, you know, it's funny how I first was introduced, first met mouth media. Uh, it's funny cause Charles and I, Charles Beckwith, and I've known each other for many years from fashion week, him being a photographer, me being such a part of fashion week. Um, and then when I got to know you all, when Mouth Media was formed and seeing, really getting to know what you all do, that was a real eye-opener for me, very fortunately, and what you all do and also the different aspects of Mouth Media as well. Um, well, here's another thing I'll throw on the table. When IMC, that event 
for um for, well it, i'm saying fashion is your business but it was that new york fashion week pregame right. american event, fashion show american fashion show um i've i mean i've done i do a lot of public speaking i do a lot thank god i'm as my former companion says man you were born for the camera god bless i don't take that for granted coming from that one there mm-hmm. um fortunately to convey a message Thank God, as long as there's the, if I know my message, I can convey that. Yeah. I hope as I say that. But with that, what with, with that event that I did with you all, something dawned on me. Yes, I've emceed events before, but I also felt like, oh my God, here I am doing a monologue, like a comedian. That's I was cool. like, holy Jesus, I've never done something. But the funny thing is no pun intended, Yes, there were Charles and I on stage. And when I saw somebody took video, I was like, oh my God, the two of us, the way we played off each other with the um, the raffle thing. Mm-hmm. And we did this whole bit. <laughs> it just happened. I was like, oh my God. So that was an eye opener for so me. So organic oh in the my way God, it happened. Oh my God, as I say that, I t- don't, don't take it for granted. So even yeah. that was a goomba. That was a learning. So let, let's talk about humor a little bit. Let, let So... As an observer, mm. as a person who looks at trends, mm. as a person who uh, oh, co- co- well, comments no, no. On, on lifestyle yeah, yeah. and really what you have to do is you have to observe all the moving pieces of different lifestyle industries and and to even be able to informally comment on them, you have mm. to be watching what's happening. Mm. So my question would be, given within the premise and theme of this show mm. – how do you – there's no perfect answer for this. How do you, Robert, see humor as a part of even thinking about what drives an industry as part of the larger story that an industry has to tell? Well, Is that a fair question? Yes, that's a perfect question because I think what that touches on is – for me, what's always important is – when someone, when a person, when a group, when an entity wants to convey a message and how that message is conveyed, how that message is communicated. And not that I go out purposely to be funny because I don't consider it that way. Um, but it's more that how the message can be conveyed and it might come across in a humorous way. Um, and maybe it's just the way I do my delivery of that message. So, and I think, and you know, I have to say this too, my, my father, God rest his soul also always said, I take, I don't take this for granted. I'm so grateful. Dad always said this, my son would be an amazing detective. Mm-hmm. So that's the observer thing also, mm-hmm. Dad, you know, let alone the sociology thing, but the idea of the detective thing, Yes, but also and I'll say this in terms of getting the message out there, it, yes, it might come across in a facetious way, in a humorous way, but that might just be because of how I'm communicating that. Now, there are some times when I'm purposely like, oh yeah, yeah, look at this one here, right. you know, like that way. And I have to say, very fortunately, sometimes people react um, in a very favorable way to that. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, you know, I'll come in sometimes into the gym and I'll say, my God, could somebody please kill the person that invented crop pants? You know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it'd be something like that. Or like, yes. you know, or 
the you know whatever it might be, especially what's going on now with like vaping. Don't get me started with the vaping thing. All they're friggin' doing is smoking fake sambuca, which is smelling oh, my friggin' hair. You know, yeah. Um, let yeah. alone what it's doing to them. Like, but there's know, a, there's a truth in comedy, but right? That's Always, the thing. And, and that's what you okay. bring. You and bring the truth. And I'm gonna also throw in a parallel, and you know this because I'm sure we've talked about her. And I'm so grateful because I, she's one of the great people walking the planet. One of my dear buddies, and I don't know if you may have noticed my postings. She is now, I'm going to say this with great respect. She, and, and the utmost admiration, she also happens to be, she's becoming a really good buddy, bless her heart. She is the reigning Wagnerian dramatic soprano of our time, Christine Gerke. And God bless her. She's also one of the funniest friggin' people you will freaking meet to her credit. But here's my point. Here she is owning these crucial roles in the repertoire. But she's got this sense of humor, and I think that's what conveys it. And I'm remembering three years ago, my first time being exposed to her work. It was a now legendary concert, Carnegie Hall, with the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra, with her, with selections from Wagner's Ring. And as I then got to tell her when we got friendly a time after that at our first actual meeting, which how we met beyond that is hilarious as well and magical. I said to her, what got me? Yes. How you master these roles. Genius that you are. But you did this one thing, this one gesture on stage when you were motioning to Siegfried to come kiss you and do this one little thing with your finger. I was like, holy Jesus, that's it. She nailed it. This one humorous thing that nailed one of the most <laughs> crucial roles in the repertoire. That, that small inflection that of small, humor there it added is. so much uh, dimension. It, 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 that nailed and it. And it resonated with it, the entire oh, yes. Carnegie Hall. This one I little bet. gesture with her finger. Yep. To, come on. Get yep. over, come here and kiss me now. Yeah, and that's one of the most famous kisses in all of theater. Amazing. When Siegfried and I mean, yeah. that's the very yeah. famous kiss. And you know, hello. Right. And 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 by the way, I'm very blessed because she now the Met basically mounted the ring for her. I mean, for an amazing cast. The entire cast were amazing. But again, you're talking about the importance of humor. Mm -hmm in conveying one of the most important stories in all of theater, in all of literature, you know, Wagner's ring. But oh, absolutely. With, with humor, with humor. And there's bravery in it too, because there's something to be said about thinking, right? Well, about thinking like, oh, here I am in the ring, you know, but of yeah, course yeah. professionals at a certain level go, I'm ready to step into that bravery, be myself, find that humor and trust. And then everyone is there with you in the and room. You, and they, yeah, I brava, love that. But the way you described it. It's interesting because I think about you, Robert, and I mean this completely and totally respectfully. To me, and I don't see you in every moment in life. You have quiet moments too. But I see you as a – you know, you're, you're living out loud. You, I, you have <laughs> You have energy. You are a bigger-than-life person. Um, and, 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 and I think that the, the manner in which you present even the most serious of subjects is with such verve and energy and intensity, um, and, and in a way humor, I think, because the, the, it is, it is, I guess what I'm getting at is, is you're living so honestly and authentically in the way you present yourself, I believe uh, Well, listen, uh, I'm sorry. that, that that there are inflections of humor in it because because I think 
life just has humor in it. And if you were to be humorless, it would be uh, unpalatably intense. Mm. But with mm. the allowing the humor to shine through, it becomes an enjoyable, energetic experience. Does that make any sense? Yeah, and, well, first and of one all, you won't forget. But also, first of all, God bless you for saying it that way. And I, the sound, look, you and I have had these discussions. Coming from you, that means a great deal to me. Because especially how I got to know you, got to know what you do, got to know your with mouth media. So for you to describe it that way, God bless well, you. Well, I didn't I mean even that, mean to massage your ego. I was no, just but saying it, that but it was it, like... But, but coming for that means a great deal to me. That, <laughs> well, no, I'll massage for a second. No, I was just going to say that the one thing that... I was like, I'll massage your ego. No, because the one thing that I was thinking, and it resonated with me, especially as, um, you know, uh, working on this podcast as um, an actor, producer, writer, content creator, of which I am, the whole idea that nothing is wasted. So mm. you're you're purposeful in what you do and nothing is wasted oh, and God you're willing. specific, Hopefully. right? Hopefully. And that's Hopefully. inspirational, especially to a generation like yeah. mine where, okay, we have a message, but how – and even for some reason like the Lucille Ball um, chocolate – uh, episode is coming up where she's trying to get every single chocolate mm -hmm. in her mm -hmm. mouth and mm -hmm. in her like she's not only trying to not waste the chocolate in that moment but like not a single drop of comedy is wasted in, in that scene and in the same way when you observe things you're taking everything and you're you're curating you know and so it's like a it's it's purposeful. It's saying something. It's not just fluff for fluff's sake. And in our day and age, there can be a lot of fluff. Well, well, again, bless you for describing That's, that. I'm way, done but, with the ego uh, massage. Yeah, stop it. Stop it, Daniel. <laughs> but you know, one thing I will say that when the whole idea of with improv work, because I have to say, and this I want to remember to bring this up, um, I feel very fortunate when I was studying improv, which I embraced very much. What my takeaway from that, and I feel like I apply this in different arenas as well. Um, with improv, at least what I learned, what's crucial with improv is the foundation, the structure. And I learned that from working on Godspell. Mm. That what's crucial, and people think improv is just like, you know, ad lib. No, 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 no. There is a structure. You operate from a structure and then you embellish from there. Sure. And I'm so grateful I learned that early on. That's so good. Well, and here's the thing too, and God bless that you brought up the idea of hopefully no waste. Mm -hmm. Um, just last week, cause I've been, I, Mark as I'm sure I described to you, mentioned to you, um, for the most of the month of May, I was very much involved with the whole citywide NYC by design initiative, which, um, it's, it's really grown over time and it really is all these important trade shows and festivals and events citywide. Uh, that uh, ex really it's about all the different design disciplines, different design arenas. And I did presentations on Green Street last Friday, not this past Friday, the Friday before. And I realized on a cool note, I did treat it like a piece of theater. I did treat it as talent. Like I was booked as talent. Yeah. Even though I was booked as the lifestyle commentator talking about these different design houses that we did six. And 
I'm glad I got to say this this way because I realized we did it within the allotted time. We had two hours and 20 minutes per design house. The organizer said, my God, you did everything boom like clockwork. I said, you know what? I treated it like my workouts because even though people think I could talk when I'm in the gym, I, I don't go talking around. I please, I'm saying this with, I don't take this for granted. I stay very focused. I, you know, this routine that, and when people try to make conversation, I go, do you said first, then talk to me. Do you said first, then talk to me. Yeah. Cause I try to even keep everybody else as well. So good. And listen, I realize I have to, because we Gemini's know this. Oh God, we do. I can be, you know, but then here's the thing. Thank you, St. Anthony, my, <laughs> my moon's <laughs> a Capricorn. Uh, so that's important for the structure. That's so so, so that way I describe it, my moon's in Capricorn. Well, the Gemini's all this stuff, you yeah. know firsthand. My rising sign Scorpio, that's this stuff. Ooh. But then my my moon's in Capricorn. My moon's in Capricorn. So that's the structure. That's what keeps the feet on the ground. So that's how I position all this. I think mine is in Aries. So we should figure One that out. One of the ones. I, but, yeah. but, so, that makes so, sense. But I think the time back to what Mark had said before about the different pieces. And I think hopefully what I learned from improv workshops, um, the importance of structure and foundation. Otherwise mm-hmm. I could be like, so good. Yeah. You know, well, we hope so. I mean, you know, we hope so. Yeah. So, you know, um, well, speaking of structure, we're unfortunately very close to the end of this part of the oh show. I'm, I'm, Mortified, to, to be food, honest with when you. When do we get to the food part? In just a moment. But <laughs> I, I, get there. I, I'd, like, I'd like to close with one one final question for you mm-hmm. in this segment, if that's unless anyone else has something burning. Uh, my impression is that you actually know quite a few people that we know the names of. You know a number of celebrities. You know a number of name brands, designers. You know a lot of important people through the years. They're people that you call friends. God willing. My question is, is three times. why? Why? In other words, how is it that you've accumulated those people, um, many of whom we would know their name, through the years? How have your travels enabled you to be playing amongst these people well first of all mark i've been around a while i'm six i'll be 64 right. let's first so, start with you know, that grandpa's you know, been around his best a while. man socrates you know. i mean come on but i've been around a while i'm gonna say this again i'm gonna bring up my father and i realized something and i've said this to my brother by the way my brother brother joshua demaro the secretary general of the order of saint francis in the this New York area. Hello. Amazing. And, and my brother, I talk about this and I'll, I'll say to him and I'll, I, I, it's, I'm bringing up my father again. Uh, mind you, my mom as well, bring up mom too. I have to say dad was very much of the community. Um, mm. Dad knew everybody and everybody knew him, but it was about relationships. It was not empty networking. I've never been a fan of networking of the empty eighties networking. What can you do for me? What can you do for me? For me, it's always been the importance of the relationships where you really do know each other, know each other's lives and we're God willing that they're then long lasting relationships. Yeah. I think it's that I'm going to, that's I, that's really what, and so it's funny years ago, I would say, you know, to my brother, like I was at some event, Tommy, I was doing daddy. 
I was basically doing daddy. Yeah. You know, that's the metaphor in a yeah. sense that, you know, I'm, I'm doing daddy. I'm doing Tommy tomorrow. Now, funny going back to the school, you know, that program that I created is dedicated to my father's memory, the Thomas Gaetano tomorrow industry partnership program. Gotcha. But dad, I think, you know, but it was meaningful with dad. It wasn't fake. It wasn't again, empty. It wasn't, what can you do for me? It was really where people knew him. And this whole idea, dad would show up at some place. You knew there's people there that would know him or whatever. And I think in a lot of ways, even when I woke up 10th Avenue in the morning, go to the gym, there I am saying hello to every merchant on 10th Avenue. I mean, Eric, yep. the barber, Olivia, the, the laundromat. I mean, you know, I, I can go on. And, and yeah. when I get to the gym, it's you know, so, and I think in a lot of ways that is how it, you know, Anderson, who works in my building, we just had, you know, this whole great important discussion earlier today. So again, it's really when it's, it's relationships. I think it's relationship oriented. I think that's the best. I think that's the accurate way to describe. It's just people. It's just people that you get to know and you have a relationship with. Them. Uh, yeah. I, I, and again, it's, and also it's not with anybody. I mean, it's not, uh, you know, that's what I'm saying. I think it's because the person happens to be also a nice person. Yep. I think that if the person's a good person also, you know, I think that has a lot to do with it too. If they're a mensch, God bless them. So if somebody's a mensch and they want to get to know you, how do they connect with Robert tomorrow? Hi, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Ciao, Roberto. Can they follow yeah, you on the internet? Oh, do you? Oh, you mean my info? You mean my <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, trying, he was yeah, trying to segue there. It's, it's like it's like what Jackie Gleason deeds? shot out the window. Oh, Jackie Gleason yeah, exactly. with with the Jim Taylor dancers. Right. Jackie Gleason, my God. I or or Rocky Balboa. Hold on. Hey, wait! I knew the theme song. Okay, I'm gonna follow you right now as you're talking. So my info, actually, the easiest. Okay, so talk about the importance of telling a story, and I'm. I'm going to credit right now my the person who did the illustration of my logo because my logo really does come back to telling the story the importance of the story and conveying that message she created that logo which is an illustration of me that everybody says nailed it so mm. that's so therefore my website is my mothership and so everything comes back to so okay. all so it's www of course mm -hmm. dot robert demorrow i'll spell that r o b e r t D is in David, I, M is in Mark, A-U-R-O.com. Everything's on the site. So all of my social media icons, everything's on there. And that's the best way to find Robert tomorrow. Do you ever carry a decorative cane just for the hell of it? Because I feel like that would be so you. Now, wait, that's wild because, wait, you just spooked me out. <laughs> no, you just spooked me out because I'll say this and you'll get a kick out of it, old people. Back in my old theater days, I had a walking stick in one of my first shows that I did. I wound up using that show in other shows for as a fun prop. That, the same cane? Yeah, wait, you ready for this? That same, from back in the early 70s, that walking stick is still in my apartment next to my fireplace, and I use that to open and close my friggin' windows on There you go. Street. There's always a use for Mark, a walking stick. Mark, I can't stick. believe you brought that up. Oh, yeah. It's all, it's all, it's we all the stars connected. Oh, there's on. a lot of woo woo. Yeah. You're going to have to re listen to this episode and, and find all the weaving my connections. Mm, my gosh. All right, well, guess what? We're almost at the end of the show, which means it'll be time for end of show food right after this. Delicious. <laughs> I hope you keep that in. I will. Okay. 
All right, guess what, Robert and Danielle? It's time for... End of show food. That's right, end of show food when it's the end of the show and there's food. And Elsie is kind enough. She scours the earth, the whole globe, finding the... I don't know. She goes to a store. The but whole anyways, globe so she, of Amazon.com. Exactly. No, but uh, really, well, she walk. does work hard to try I to find... the streets of New York. She okay. does, but that's a whole other uh, uh, vocation. So... No. Um, no. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Elsie. So Elsie works hard and, and goes out and finds interesting things for us to try, uh, food or drink or snacks or whatever it may be. We never really know what, what she's going to bring. It's always interesting. And here's how it works. We can't eat until she says go. Okay. And then once we taste whatever she's brought for us, we rate it individually on a scale of chickens. The number of chickens is up to you. It can be any number of chickens that you want your scale to be. And that's our rating system. <laughs> okay. uh, and so, Elsie, what do we have for end of show food today? End of show food today is um, dark milk, 45% cacao, turmeric, Ginger. Turmeric ginger? There we go. That's pretty healthy. That's um, very wonderful. Is that how it's pronounced? Cacao? Cacao! Cacao! I'm not. not. (laughs) So a golden milk blend of coconut, turmeric, ginger, black pepper, and 45% dark milk chocolate. Oh, that is an arthritis dream that is so beneficial to the joints. All right. Even the chocolate is beneficial. Oh, that sounds great. I'm actually looking forward to this. I'm excited. Wow. So it's it's it's, 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 it's very decorative. Look at look at that beautiful wrapper. It's it's uh it's very decorative. It's not your typical just silver wrapper. It's got what is that, uh, Elsie? It's is that purple? It's got kind of a yeah, purpley Pur- purple swirl. swirlies on, on I'm it. I'm already getting it nine chickens wow. just because of the ingredients. Very good. No, so, that's really that's important. Thank there you, you go. so much, Elsie. Far out. So uh don't Do taste it yet or don't taste it yet or Elsie will freak out. Cool. Okay, I'm not tasting. I'm. Can I smell? Oh my god, oh, I got a lot. The smell really good. You got so a huge piece. Oh, the smell is nice. Okay, we're already getting chickens. Oh, wow. I already have nine chickens just from the ingredients. Oh, you already got. Thank you. Well, nine out of how many? Now. A thousand. Thank you. Oh, it does smell. It good. smells great. It's almost like there's a little orange in it. Well, I'll read the ingredients. Okay. if you want. Go ahead. So, Make it snappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Oh my god. First, I have to thunder? find them. Where are they? Oh, my God, I'm smelling. (sighs) The Gemini in me is going crazy. You reminded me of, like, Superstar or whatever, where Where she, like, puts her arms under and then she goes. Oh, here you go. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, there's the cocoa butter and the chocolate liqueur and the whole milk powder and coconut and ginger, cardamom, black powder, nutmeg, turmeric, and um, curry powder. No orange, huh? Nope. Smells like orange. There you go. One, two, three, go. <laughs> Do I taste it now? Now you can go. She said go. Mmm. Mm. So see. Oh yeah. And you said there's cardamom in there as well. Mm. That's mm. really cool. Just yesterday, I found, swear, I found the cardamom ice cream yesterday. Oh my god! Wow. So Do you like pistachio ice cream? Oh, excuse me. I'm actually Sicilian. Oh, <laughs> I had some last night. The by the way, I'm sorry, Daniel. I just noticed. I don't know if anyone knows. There's phrases written on this chocolate oh my mind says with what would chocolate not marry mine says nothing mine had the swirl i might have swirls also yeah you probably so you're the more. only one mark i'm the only one i'm the Wait, only one damn good what's the question with what chocolate not marry with what would chocolate not marry oh feet 
<laughs> I don't know. It, yeah, I guess you're right. Mm. I well, I, I like this. Uh, a lot. Danielle? Okay. What do you give this ginger turmeric chocolate? 88,000 out of 88,000 chicken. A perfect score. A perfect. Rare for Danielle, but a Is perfect score. Is it, though? Score. I feel like I've been going perfect a lot lately. Yeah. You, you have gone perfect, Elsie, you've been um, no. knocking it there, out. There have been a couple. Okay. I, uh, well, I thought of one. How many chickens for you? To, uh, of LC. 72 out of 72. Another perfect score. So good. Um, I will give it a 110 out of 113 chickens. Um, 16 of those points was just for the decorative quality of the chocolate. Um, however, I will tell you mm. that my deductions, if you want to call them that, was just because I don't taste enough chocolate. Like, I feel like the, the, the ginger no, and the turmeric scream oh. louder than the chocolate is for, for me. So, oh, I love but, it. But I like it. I'm very pleased. Uh, Robert, how many chickens for you? Well, sir? I already gave nine for hearing about the ingredients. So that made me <laughs> very happy. Another nine for the aroma, another the fragrance, nine. which I think is uh, really mm -hmm, important. Mm -hmm. And another nine for the taste. So I'm very – 27. Out of 27. Which is a good number because it comes out to nine. 72 is nine. Three perfect Delicious. scores. Right. I'm so Elsie. Well done. I'm my having friend. my other piece. Thanks. Now. Snaps. All right. Um, can I read something that just came down the wire? Yep. Uh, will this date this episode? Nope. Okay. I just got a notification from my parentals mm -hmm. that said, Danielle, look, you were featured in Chapman Magazine, which is my university. I went to Chapman in Orange, California. Okay. Danielle Beckman, 2008, they feature me in the magazine. Far out. Danielle Beckman is the host of the new hit podcast, Funny People Talking. She and co-host Mark Rako interview entertainers, wow. influencers, icons, and innovators. Episodes feature improv games, nerd tips, uh -huh. what's wrong with the world, strange foods, possible Star Trek references, and a whole universe of funny things. That is fantastic. And I probably Listen. talked about Elsie, but I bet that sounds like they had to edit some of it out. Well, that's really because it's really only awesome. a certain amount of characters. Don't but that's thanks, so cool. Chapman, you, my really? alumni. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, I'm going, through, I'm going through puberty. Apparently, Mark's voice cracked, and <laughs> that was really exciting. The turmeric did that. Anyway, uh, that's it for this hey. episode. Congratulations yes. to all of us, but particularly to you, Danielle. Well done. Snaps. That's cute. Three snaps in that circle. Yes. And um, listen, I want a big, big, big. Appreciative thanks to Robert tomorrow. Big hug. Not only a wonderful guest and a good friend, but uh, I should put on the record, the man came through kind of in the clutch. We, at the very last moment, scheduled this recording, and I, I reached out to Robert, and we were very fortunate he happened to either be available or have uh, plans he was willing to cancel. So um, um, We thank one you. One or the other. And I, 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 as I said, I also appreciated the tenor of that invitation as well. Yes. Love. So, <laughs> yes, I, I, had, I, I had Pavarotti write it. No. But, um, <laughs> but um, anyway, thank you, Robert. Tomorrow. Uh, continued good fortune to you, sir. And well, uh, back at you. Uh, that's it for this episode of Funny People Talking, everybody. We are so grateful that you have not only listened once again, but you've stayed with us uh, through the show. Um, until next time, for Elsie. Thanks. Alrighty. And for Danielle. As Robert would say, Mamma Mia. <laughs> I'm Mark Rako. Grazie. And uh, stay funny. <laughs> <laughs>
How do you say Stefani in Italian? You could say what? Uh, like as a command? Uh, what well, you would say? Uh, state comico, state, state comico. You could say it that way. Okay, thank you. Grazie, state comico. <laughs> uh, have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. Or state humoroso also. I guess, stay humorous. Okay, so what he said. What I said. Bye-bye. Ciao. <laughs> if only we could have the last hour back. Please, someone invent time travel. This has been Funny People Talking. This has been Funny People Talking, a production of Mouth Media Network, copyright 2019. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I am your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect.